Hey everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week we are in week three of Scumdog September, and we're discussing Gwar, the Aughts. The Aughts, baby. Or, as I call them, the, the Last Ride of Odorous. The Last Ride of Odorous is very appropriate, uh, so let's get into it. Kev, the aughts, the last ride yeah. of Odorous. Um, we're covering about nine years of war, but it's all very, um, very much in the same vein. We get some very big highs and not a lot of lows this week. Yeah, which is great after last week for sure. Yeah, and uh, I, th- I think we mentioned like uh, the violence has arrived was kind of the the upward swinging, which I think was very much needed at the end of last week, but. We are continuing that momentum, and we are discussing uh, five albums. We're discussing 2004's War Party, 2006 Beyond Hell, 2009's Lust in Space, 2010's Bloody Pit of Horror, and 2013's Battle Maximus. Um, so, before we get into all that, uh, we got some things we want to get into. We're going to talk about merch. Uh, I know we've mentioned it a bunch in the last uh, couple weeks, but we do have some things coming up um, very soon, probably the first week of October, uh, right around our 100th episode. Um, we're going to try and get some stuff out. Um, yeah. So we're going to have some announcements and some pictures and all that fun stuff coming out soon. Yeah, it turns out it's uh, it's a little complicated. Yeah, a little more complicated than, than uh, two podcasters were expecting. Um but yeah, very exciting stuff, and uh, be on the lookout for that. Follow us on Instagram at OffTheBeatenCliff and at OffTheCliff on Twitter. Yep. Um, Kev, you yep. just got back. You got your Florida tan. How do you feel? Yeah, uh, I didn't get much of a tan because it was raining the whole time. Um, I feel fine. <laughs> My first real business trip as a grown-up grown up person. Um, so it was fine. You know, yeah, I have to spend spend a uh, spend three days in uh, clear water. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, I was jealous seeing the pictures, but I also remember I just went on vacation, so I can't be that jealous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I uh, this past week I actually went to uh, Ohio's for Lovers Fest, which was really really cool. Um, Hawthorne Heights put on like this uh, pseudo warp tour. And there's a, there's a lot of bands that have done this on, like, a different scale. You know, there's Sad Summerfest every year with the main, and they kind of take that on the road. Um, but Ohio is for Lovers Fest. Um, I think they did it in Kansas and another state. Uh, but it was really cool to have a local band do something that felt like that's as niche as they can get. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, local band, and all the emo bands that you listened to, like, 15 years ago, it's... It was a really cool feeling, and I got to go some, with some friends, and uh, it was awesome to see some bands that I never really. I don't say I, I won't say I didn't want to see them. Like Story of the Year, like I knew a couple songs, but to see them live, it was really cool. They still have a ton of energy, and to see a lot of those bands and hear songs that you hadn't thought of in in years, you know. Yeah, man, I must have been pretty jealous, honestly. I haven't gone to see a whole lot of live music since shutdown, so um, pretty, pretty jealous. It was as, and it was like eighty degrees out, but it was like on the the hot asphalt, and it started at one, and it went to like the last show went on at like nine thirty. I think Newfound Glory went on at nine thirty, and I was beat, man. I was like, dang, how did I do this? How did I do this when I was 17? Warp Tour, yeah. I would go out after Warp Tour, and that just took it all out of me. 
Yeah, man. It's uh, festivals take it out of you for sure. I mean, anything you do for <laughs> more than five hours on end, it's going to take it out of you. So uh, I think just my that, lower back in general just can't handle that. I, that's proof that uh, I'm turning 30. Yep. This is say, welcome to your 30s, but it's just <laughs> constant, constant nagging pains in somewhere in your body. But yeah, there's so much uh, cool merch there. A lot of cool bands that I'd never heard of. Uh, there was a band that uh, my wife and I were really into called Winona Fighter. And they put on a really cool show. And uh, they just put out their first album. So uh, a lot of a lot of really exciting things with music that really, you know, we listen to music all the time. And a lot of times I listen to it the same way. Find it on Spotify, listen to it, run the wheels off it, and then move on. But to see live music again kind of just like rejuvenated me. I feel like I have like a new lease on life with music. Oh, yeah, man. So without further ado, let's get into um, the aughts. Um, we've got one audience submission. Uh, do you have Ben's email pulled up? I don't, but I can quickly. Okay. Uh, so Benji, third, uh, third member of the show, says Murderer's <clears throat> Muse from the album Beyond Hell from 2006. Mm-hmm. And his email is titled "Back to the Metal." Wowzers! I never expected the shift in Guar to get serious about musicality of their albums, but they really pulled it off with a plum during this area. This era, Beyond Hell really stood out to me during the Guar deep dive. It was like at some point Guar just was just sitting around in a room and said, "Hey, what if we drop the act and just focus on making kick-ass metal albums?" Of course, they never could drop the act completely. The lyrics are just as irreverent as ever. Uh, just are less of a focus than the music. My pick, Murderer's Muse from Beyond Hell, is a great example of that. Devil Horns Up, Benji, Columbus, Ohio. Love it. We both listened to it as we were uh, preparing for the show, and I don't know, I loved it. I thought it was yeah. it was a theatrical pick. It's very Benji. Yeah, it is. Uh, a lot of weird, weird noises from uh, Brocky's mouth in that one, which I'm always a fan of. Yes, and I, I can't wait to talk some... Uh, some behind the scenes about beyond hell. And I think it might actually make us all love beyond hell a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Beyond um, Hell's great. Oh yes. It's uh, the worst. It's the worst cover art, <laughs> but it's uh it's, it's a really good album. It looks like a shitty, like horror movie. <laughs> yeah, it does. Something it, we would yeah. have talked about in off the beaten reel. Yeah. It looks like a still from like an Amazon preview or whatever. <laughs> So, yeah, let's talk about War Party 2004. You ready? Mm-hmm. So, War Party 2004. Uh, after violence arrived, Gore switched labels from Metal Blade to DRT Entertainment. War Party was released on October 26, 2004, and continues the decidedly heavier focused reintroduced and violence has arrived. War Party is the most political gore album since America Must Be Destroyed, tackling subject matter as the 2004 American election and the war in Iraq and such songs as Bring Back the Bomb, Crostica, War Party, The Reganator, You Can't Kill Terror. Uh, and Dave Brocky said, basically, war pledges support to the powers who support the war and make such a right-wing statement that the right-wing will be ashamed to have us. <laughs> what, a, what a stance. Um, yeah. Gore still has uh, gratuitous violent imagery and womb with a view, which we're going to talk about here in a bit, uh, fistful of teeth and bone snapper, and retains such trademark silliness in the BK uh, hollered French punk song, The Bonus Plan, which we are not going to discuss, but I'm kind of boned here. Yeah. Um, Brocky was especially favorable about this album as it continues with a heavier musical direction for the band. And according to interviews with Todd Evans, who was Beefcake, Beefcake the Mighty at the time, and Brocky, War Party was selling very well and was attracting new Gore fans as well as seeing old ones come back. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's very obvious listening to the music that it is the new age of Gore. 2004, you get some new fans. Maybe it's people that were listening back in the early 90s and they're showing their kids, you know... Um, if you had a kid in 1992 and 2004, they're 12 years old, you know? So, um, actually that would have been me. Holy yeah. shit. So if I would have been, if my dad listened to, you know, fucking scum dogs of the universe and showed me war party in 2004, I would have been really jazzed about this, but that's not how my life went, but 
that would that's really cool to have music go on that long that you know people that are becoming parents are showing their kids this stuff yeah 100 percent uh let's start with your first pick from from war party sure uh i start with the opening track bring, bring back the bomb uh so right away you can tell this ain't your grandma's guar uh either way uh enter the Corey smoot flattest years holy shit this guy fucking kicks ass dude um he shreds a metal guitar like better than anyone any flattest before him has i really think he was like the truest form of flattest they kind of talk about that again in the documentary where like he really fit what flattest was should have been the whole time um but yeah this this opening track kind of sets the tone for the whole album which is as you already covered is very very political uh and again it's it's satire everything that it's it's kind of like the colbert report if you remember that it's like he came off as this very right-wing pundit but it was all satire though and guar kind of continued like takes that same stance they have for a long time but it just they never really got like overtly political until this album the the george w the george w bush administration was a sore point for a lot of people and uh for a bunch of art school dropouts from Virginia, you, you figure they probably didn't agree with a lot of what was going on. So they used Guar as like an evil entity to really align themselves with that. So the, like, like they said, the, the, the right wing would be ashamed to have them. So, uh, but yeah, this is, this song specifically is kind of a protest in, to the Iraq war uh, and the kind of the false pretenses that were used to start it. Uh, and uh, yeah, they just say, fuck it. And, kill everything because if there's ne- if nothing's left then there will be no more war um it's a great fucking track it rips uh almost all the way through but then right after the bridge we get this fucking disgusting breakdown that death clock would be proud of it's 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 very very much sounds like a death clock track i know death clock came years after but uh it's what it reminds me of uh when i listen to it it's just it's got that same it's very, very similar tone, guitar tone to what Death Clock would use, and uh, it's just fucking kicks ass. And if you know anything about this show, you know I love Death Clock, the fake metal band. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, just to kind of drive the point home, I put down the lyrics to the second part of the bridge, which is, "Who gives a fuck about nuclear war? Let bombs explode because that's what they're for." Last minute warning, the sirens they ring, chaos the reason, death what we bring. Humans now look to the sky. You worship missiles, but they know no side. I guess it was all a lie. So, so grab ass with both hands. It's your turn to die. It's like, they're fucking pissed. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're pissed about this. I, lo- I especially love the line, you worship missiles, yet they, know, yet they know no side. It's fucking awesome, dude. It's just like, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's fucking great. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's really impressive how when they decide that they're going to like drop the act, or like do something that they actually feel passionate about. They can like turn up the lyricism. You know, there there's some very stupid lyrics that we've had the last couple of weeks and to get something like this you're like, "Damn. That's pretty powerful." You know, I I've, I've got a song I think my first track is pretty brutal when it comes to lyrics as well. Um so yeah, they were bringing the heat with War Party and I think that's that's really cool to set out for having a mission with a with an album um yeah and for this track specifically it just felt like we got dropped in the middle of the album uh the way it starts like there's no breath there's it's just like immediately getting dropped into the song and i really like the way he delivers lines in this Mm -hmm. Uh, i feel like he maybe articulates himself a little more than normal um and it i think that's because he wants people to understand what he's saying um it, it feels like he's back to his character-driven songs, which is fun. Uh, the little hurruff or hurruff, yeah. uh, it just yeah. gave me new life. When I heard that, I was like, fuck, dude. And I think I texted you like, yeah. <laughs> this is this is our best playlist yet. And I think it's just the source material we have to work with is a lot better. And it, uh, yeah, that, that hurruff gave me new life. The chugs at 310 were awesome. And it was just like a great way to start the playlist. Um in terms of theme, you know, if we were if we were making an album, a ten song album, this would be a great album opener for us. So I, I thought it was a great pick. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you think about the time of music that this was happening, 
there was a lot of political discourse happening in music too. I mean, you had Rage Against the Scene, System of a Down, uh, Outcast to a degree. Like there was a lot of like they did Bombs Over Baghdad. So every like a lot of musical artists were really kind of protesting that whole administration, and it's interesting to hear Guar's take on how they felt about it because again they use hyperbole and satire to get their point across it's like mm-hmm. we're gonna align ourselves so staunchly with things that we hate that you have no choice but to hate them well yeah or just show how ridiculous you are which um i think i get into here in a little bit i forget which song but so that kind of uh transitions us perfectly into my first track from war party uh which is womb with a view um I initially picked this song because of that intro, much like other gore songs that kind of got me hooked. Um, a guitar solo to, to open a, a song is just such a power move. And you could feel like, it, I don't know, it's kind of like how I felt after this weekend. Like, after Violence Has Arrived, they had a new lease on life. They were like, let's just do metal, man. And so they just like went all out, balls to the wall. And... um yeah, this is another good example of like I've always loved when people use hyperbole with from the opposite stance that they're actually taking so that like it seems so egregious that you're like what the hell and you're like yeah, that's my point. What the hell? Yeah, you know, exactly. and that's yeah. this song is a great example of that. And that's kind of just been Gore's whole bag the whole time. Uh and I love his delivery here as well. Uh it's theatrical and menacing and beautiful and I think uh, it really gets the point across. And, you know, this came out in 2004, and it's just as relevant today as it was then. It's more relevant than it's ever been, I think. If, if my thoughts on this song are correct in that it's an anti-pro-life stance, um, which is what I think. I don't know if it's true or not. I couldn't find anything to substantiate that, but it just really seems that way where he talks about he's just really devaluing women in this song and, like, your womb is garbage. Your womb is your womb is sludge, um, but I need to penetrate it anyway. Uh, he talks about uh, having your womb not be the tomb where my baby dies or something like that. It's fucking nuts, dude. It's so graphic. Uh, but yeah, no. This again, they're taking a huge stance on this album about everything, and uh, like you said, they use hyperbole and devil's advocate to point out their true feelings of opposing viewpoints. I wrote the exact same thing. So, um, but yeah, it really become, I think it really crystallized for me that this was uh, about abortion rights. When they say, when one becomes two, fuck you. It's basically, <laughs> but you know, basically when you have a baby inside of you, fuck you, you don't matter anymore, it, which is crazy. Um, it, it makes it pretty clear what they're trying to say. But yeah, musically, it's it's thrashy speed fest that never really slows down. And I really I really love the drums in this track too. Like Jizmac gets overlooked quite a bit, I think. Uh, but there's just tasty little double bass hits here and there throughout the song that are they're, they're not they're not overkill. It's not like your modern metal or the, a lot of stuff you started to see come out around this time, like um, kill switch engage and stuff which really just went overboard with with double bass it's just a great track and i love again i love when guar uses their evil persona to align themselves with an evil stance that they don't necessarily believe in it's just it's brilliant they they have this whole intergalactic conqueror thing that they can just kind of use as a weapon at their will which is great yeah it it uh it makes you think about things kind of like the way movies and tv does like if you talk about it too plainly i think the point can get lost so to talk Mm -hmm. about it in this context is uh i think it allows a different conversation that normally can't be had yeah it's forcing it's forcing morality down your throat it's like oh that you think this tastes bad doesn't it yeah there's a reason that this tastes bad yeah yeah it's brilliant Let's talk about Beyond Hell from 2006. Uh, it's the second album we're going to be discussing. Uh, Beyond Hell is the 10th studio album from Gore. Uh, released on August 29th, 2006 by DRT Entertainment. The album was originally announced through the band's uh, a website about six months earlier. And 
Unlike the band's output since 2001, it is a concept album and a rock opera centering on Gore's journey to hell as they escape from the attacking armies of humanity. This album was produced by Gore and none other than Devin Townsend. Let's fucking go. Did man. you know that? I, mean, I didn't, but that's fucking awesome. It makes sense. I mean, yeah. And listening to, I, I knew that. And so listening to Ben's song and then your song and my song, I was just like, hell yes. You can hear it. Yeah, um, you really can. I mean, the, 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 nobody does rock opera better than Devin Townsend right now. So. Yeah, that's who I would hit up if I was going to write a rock opera. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I'll start with my uh, song, which is Tormentor uh, from Beyond Hell. And I just wrote, Tormentor! Uh, Tormentor! I picked this uh, because it is very motorheady. It's got motorheady vibes. Um with the vocal delivery and the driving drum beat that kind of feels like you're galloping. And it just reminds me that even though we've been kind of going steadfast with metal, they can do other versions of metal. You know, they can go back and do eighties metal because that's probably what they grew up listening to. They started their band in 89. There's no way they weren't listening to motorhead and like, didn't want to give a little subtle nod to them. And I love when they do 80s metal. I love 80s metal gore. Yeah, I knew you were going to be all over this track as soon as I heard that that battle cry at the beginning. I was like, ah, this, yeah, this is this makes sense for Dill 100%. And it's you were right. You nailed it right on the head. It's a classic 80s heavy metal track sonically. And it's a bit of fresh air on a playlist filled with like very deep, like heavy metal. Um, the chorus kicks ass with like the uh i kind of did it like where they do the tormentor and he's like and they do attack or it's kind of like a chant like summoning like some sort of evil speak like demon it's it's fucking kicks ass it's uh yeah like even the solo is ripped straight from like the speed wars in the 80s there's a bunch of just rapid fire tre- tremolo picking and it's a classic 80s heavy metal track that doesn't largely suck, which kind of a lot of 80s metal does kind of suck sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's if you if that's what you want, look no farther than Tor- Tormentor or Tormentor because uh, it's fucking kicks ass. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, it definitely needed some some breaking up because I do like that it's all kind of sonically metal, but I also want like a little... A little uh, diversity. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, we've proved they're masters of, of genres uh, throughout the last, whatever, what, nine albums, eight, nine albums. So, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, they can kind of do whatever they want <laughs> mm-hmm. and do it and do it, you know, competently at least. So and, the, you know, this is right in their wheelhouse like you were talking about. So, of course, this song kicks ass. But, you know, they can do surf metal as well. <laughs> God, so. give, give me more surf metal. <laughs> uh so yeah that my second pick is eighth lock it's like so you like chugs huh eighth lock has them for sure and i listened to this when i was taking my notes today i listened to it on my phone i was like Mm-mm, nope this the phone speakers do not do this song justice it has to be on a big system to really rattle your bones appropriately like this this song is it's it fucking rocks your skeleton to pieces it's it's i, I don't know it's just fucking so heavy it, it blew my dick off on the first time i listened to it <laughs> uh it's so yeah it's just it's it's just down in the muck throwing super heavy haymakers and they're all connecting right with your eardrum it's just it's it's, it's i don't know I, I love shit like this because it you could feel the weight of every single like down pick on the guitar it's just it's fucking great man um yeah, I'm not sure this really has a greater meaning other than like their journey through hell, and this is them like basically in the eighth circle of hell. But who cares? It just listen to it and bang your head and fucking have a great fucking medley time. <laughs> eighth lock kicks ass. I've listened to this song probably more than any of the others on the playlist this week. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think part partially like beyond hell was them like. I don't know if they felt bad or if they were like, you know what? We did the whole political thing last album. Why don't we get back to, you know, 
doing something that is kind of in the war lore spectrum. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be that deep this time. But the first time I heard this song, I had to like literally check my Spotify to make sure it was not Gojira. Um, <laughs> because them, them chugs were tight and juicy. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh boy. Oh, yay. I, I very, have, very, very wompy for sure. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I don't have much to say about this besides the fact that it is so chug heavy that I was like full. My belly was full. I couldn't handle another bite. Um, and all the weird, like warped sounding vocals toward the end of the track are fucking amazing. And I want more of those. It, it makes me want like a gore horror movie. Yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, that's essentially what their movies are. Yeah. Just a shocky horror. But I heard, I, I hadn't heard something quite like that yet. And I was like, yes, that's a little different. Yeah. It's a lot different. It reminds me of the beginning of, uh, primal concrete sledge by pantera like mm-hmm. it's that very heavy just like machine gun haymakers to your chest it's it's just so fucking good love it um yeah moving right along into lust in space from 2009 lust in space obviously is the 11th studio album from gore it was released on august 18th 2009 they're big august release guys um it's their first album since returning to their old label, Metal Metal Blade Records. So they only spent two albums without Metal Blade. Um, the album also saw the return of former bassist Casey Orr, even though he would later part ways with the band yet again and come back yet again. Less Than Space debuted at nine, number 96 on the Billboard Top 200 charts, and according to Blabbermouth, it was Gore's highest position reach for the debut of an album. Yeah, that's awesome. I was thinking about that on the way home. I was like, I wonder how these albums charted because I haven't really looked into it. And starting out, like debuting at 96 is is huge for a band like this. Huge for a band that's on their 11th studio album. (laughs) Yeah. And not even even close to done. Uh, The cover is an homage slash parody of the Kiss album Love Gun, which I'm not familiar with, but I'll take their word for it. Uh, in an interview with Ultimate Guitar, Corey Smoot, who is Flatus Maximus, revealed that he played all the instruments on Release the, F- the Flies as it was originally a song he wrote for his solo project. Uh, this album was produced by Corey Smoot and Guar. So I think you can feel the tightness of Corey Smoot's uh, producing credits because this is the tightest album I think we're going to talk about today. Um I'm gonna get it out of the way. Lost in Space is the best one we're gonna best album we're gonna discuss today. That's that's uh, yeah. I don't disagree. Uh, it's a top three Guar album in my opinion. Uh, it's like this Scum Dogs. I don't know and Ragnarok just because of my rose tinted go- uh, goggles probably. But I mean, almost all of these albums are better than Ragnarok top to bottom. But I mean, this I, I, mean, I would even put Violence Has Arrived maybe as in the three. I mean, this is this is solidly in the top three. Just because it's just, it's so nice to hear. Again, we've talked about it a lot in the last two weeks where Guar doesn't necessarily have to have a great production value. But if you can get great production value, why the fuck not? Because it sounds like Lost in Space when you do. (laughs) And you know what? It's almost like, it's like when you watch the first, um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but like when you watch a movie and then you watch it after it's been like redone and like the yes. everything's been improved and you're like, holy shit, was was everything that bad or is it just this good now? Because um, the production is crazy good on this album, uh, and let's let's just talk about Let Us Slay. Let's get into let, it. Let us let us slay this uh, review of this song. Let us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, like I said, this, this album is a top three Gar album, and this song is a big reason why. Uh, if you're not singing this chorus after one listen, you weren't really listening to it, because it's just, they say it a lot, but it's also really fucking good. Uh, it, it's, it's one of Brocky's better performances, I think, as a vocalist on this song, and it's just it's just straight up metal. There's It's not like any sort of subgenre, it's just fucking good, hard-ass metal. And it's, um, 
Yeah, and then the guitar bridge really kind of fully displays the kind of edge that Smoot brung to Flattis for his run until his death, an untimely death in 20, uh, what, 2011, I think. So it's a modern for the time power guitar that really elevates Guar in this song and really throughout Smoot's entire run with the band. I, th- I just think he he brought so so much relevancy to their sound which is weird because he wasn't in a whole, like I think he was maybe in one or two small bands before he got to Guar. So he's just like a, this hidden gem for this band. And I don't know. He just, I, I really sucks that he died when he did because man, who was he good? <laughs> he was fucking good, man. It feels like all of the best metal guitarists die really young and it sucks. Uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, you get all the weird noises and growls uh, of the crazed murdering maniac that is Odorous Arungus in this song, too. And it's just, it, this is, I think, probably one of their most listened to songs just because it is so, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's accessible for what Guar does. It's very, very, very accessible. It's easy to listen to, but it's still, it's still Guar. You know what I mean? So I fucking, I love this song. I've listened to this song a ton. Yeah, me too. Uh, when you start a track, death is the answer. Go forth and choose it. Let us slay. Let us slay. Let us slay. Let us slay. What a fucking way to start a song. <laughs> it just felt like this song was tighter and more focused. And it's like, I already felt like we were more focused. And now it's like, it's like when you get glasses for the first time, you don't realize how bad your vision's been. That's what this <laughs> feels like. Uh and you don't realize how more intense shit can be until you hear a song like this. It's a neck breaker and it's validated the entire experience of listening to Guar. We made it 11 albums, Kev, and we got a song like this that just makes you feel like it was worth it to get here, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they, they, like Ben said in his email, it's like they finally decided to just be like, let's just be legitimate like musicians for, <laughs> for once in our 20 year career. Let's just fucking do good shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for people like us who decided to do an entire month of war, that's daunting, man. And we, we talked a little bit before the show, like I'm kind of ready to like turn, turn the page on gore, but then you get to song, songs like this and this whole playlist is like refreshing. And it's mm-hmm. specifically Lust in Space and um, Let Us Slay. Just it, it validates the whole experience. Yeah. As does my song, The Price of Peace. Because, yeah, buddy, we get some sla- some thrasher. I almost said slasher, but... <laughs> might as well be. Might as well be. Uh, L- Lust in Space stands head and shoulders above what we've heard so far this month. Um, and it's just... It's crazy because it's already been really fucking good. Uh, the chug at two minutes is my favorite guitar tone maybe ever outside of the open tuning and Midwest emo. Like, that sound, I, I realize I, I only speak in hyperbole, but that sound, like, makes me just happy. Yeah, it's, that's it's, not hyperbole. <laughs> I, I realized, I, I was say. like, damn, I just said the same shit about Surface Sin the other day. Um, that's fine i mean it's like i i often say it makes my dick explode that's, yeah <laughs> and i just say it's my favorite ever uh <laughs> irregardless uh the guitars are delicious and very rewarding and just give me fast metal till i fucking die that's all i want yep, yep. uh yeah and we get beefcake vocals man i feel like i love when beefcake does vocals no matter who's doing beefcake uh and Casey Orr's Beefcake delivers like a more classic metal vocal uh, that, you know, it's, it, it's a different version of Beefcake that is now Blothar, but they both, they always had that kind of like very classic, almost kind of hard rock vocal to them. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what this song sounds like to me. Um, yeah. It's, it's always nice to have, a switch up from odorous we've talked about that before because he, he i love his voice but you need you need to be grounded every now and again other than the wild ramblings of, of david brocky <laughs> sometimes uh but yeah no this song is a lot like bring back the bomb and that it's, it's about attaining peace through killing all humans it's pretty standard guar fare I, and i think thrash guar is just really fucking good i think it's what they're best at and that's what a lot of this shit is it's um 
yeah I, it's like i i didn't think i'd like thrash really but it's just because i've listened to a lot of kind of poopy trash or thrash over the years and i think it a lot of it comes down to the vocals that come with thrash like i don't like slayer because i don't like the vocals in slayer does that make sense it's a lot of metal for me so it's yeah i i also think like thrash is how a lot of metal bands start yeah it's It's, just easier to do it's just play really fast and loud (laughs) yeah it's it's the pop punk of of metal like play fast and loud and then no one will hear your mistakes yeah uh and again smooth stands out on this track but dirks on a rhythm guitar lays down just this fucking killer bed during his that guitar solo that you were just talking about it's it sounds so fucking good i don't know how he did that little like machine gun like slide up the guitar. it's so fucking good i don't know what it is it's it's amazing um but yeah this this era is really it really is the most cohesive the band has ever been and it shows up big time in this album it's it's just man is it good it, it like if you listen to one guar album listen to this one yeah yeah um i i feel like it's always fun to like listen to early albums but this is like this is the one that i would show someone first i think for sure yeah this is like their abbey road essentially yeah (laughs) yeah exactly that's a good less than space is their abbey road yeah it's the culmination of everything they've tried weird shit you know pretty basic shit goofy shit um and then they just brought it all together for this one incredible album. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you ready to move on to Bloody Pit of Horror? Yes, sir. Bloody Pit of Horror is from 2010, uh, their 12th studio album. It was released on November 9th, 2010 on Metal Blade Records. It's the last album to feature a longtime character, Flatus Maximus, before Corey Smoot's death and Flatus's retirement. Uh, this album does not have a coinciding movie yeah it's sad it's it's uh it's sad we lost uh smooth he he had existing coronary problems he died of a heart attack um just sucks man because like i said earlier he's just he he really brought legitimacy to the band i think and it's just it's a shame it sucks yeah it really does um i'm gonna start with kz necromancer if you're cool with that Yes, go. Um, this is as fast as I think Gore could possibly play. I I don't think they could play a fucking second faster. <laughs> and it's got to be exhausting. And I love the speed in which this is. And towards the end, even the listener, you find yourself exhausted by listening to it. And I can just imagine the guitar catching fire like halfway through the song. <laughs> and <laughs> just be just from pure fi- friction and like the universe should not be moving that fast and just you know smooth continuing to the last note and then just smashing the guitar in it that's yep. how the song ends because it's fucking bloody fast bloody fury fast man yeah i can't imagine how many strings they broke if they played this live like it's got to be countless i'm sure they had a backup ready after they played this song because there's no way all the, all the strings survive this song no way um but did you did you read any of my notes on this song? No, no. No, oh, good. This will be a, a big surprise to you then. Uh, because this has a very deep lore to it, this song. So Guar is officially an anti-Nazi band. Uh, this song tells the disgusting ex- exploits of uh, Yosef Mengele. I think that's how you say his name. Who would Mengele! Kill twins in, who would kill twins in Auschwitz to perform autopsies because of the, he thought there was something different. Uh, about them from other children uh he fled to paraguay after the war where it's thought his experience continued uh they even named the town where he was thought to be twin twin town uh yeah fuck this guy uh they portray him as as a necromancer for good reason it's just like yeah he's one of the worst people in history it's it's fucking again guar picking the most evil person they can find and uh, using their platform as disgusting space aliens to kind of prove how gross this is. Uh, But yeah, no, as this song progresses, the instrumentals get more and more aggressive, almost mimicking the more disgusting detail gets as you tell it. Um, 
and yeah, this this track goes into a straight chug fest at the 140 mark and never really lets up until the outro where that crazy fucking intro comes back. Um, and it's just fucking sick guitar work. Like, I don't know how they did it, but it's it's just great. Um, it's fast, it's brutal, it's frantic. Um, and ending the song with You're Hired is also a perfect little bow of satire on this song about one of the worst humans possibly ever to Holy live. Certainly, certainly in modern times. Um, like, they tell his whole tale of, like, fleeing to Paraguay and, like, killing twins. And it's, like, something like you know they all look the same and just like it's just it's fucked up like yeah the 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 subject matter of this song is fucked up it's honestly made me uncomfortable reading the lyrics to it um but again guar will will offend and they they mean to do it so you feel offended at what they're talking about so well good job um, they did it um (laughs) i watched your face just sink as i was telling what this song was about oh it made it makes me sick uh yeah it there's the only other time I've heard Joseph Mengele was on the Scrubs, one of the hypochondriacs. They do like a bunch of experiments on him, and basically to like make him never want to come back. Like they did a bone marrow biopsy and stuff on him, and mm-hmm. they ended up finding cancer on him. And he's like, "You think I don't know? But you're a Joseph Mengele." He says that to Doctor Cox, and I was like. Is that a sick burn? I don't know. And I never cared to look it up, but that is, that's a pretty sick, a pretty, burn. <laughs> pretty, pretty sick burn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so leading into my song, uh, hail genocide. Uh, this track has everything. It's killer thrash in the verses, a group chant for the chorus, rocking being weird in the post chorus. Um, maybe the best solo of their entire discography in the song. In my, my opinion, um, Bloody Pit of Horror is a great album too, just because it's just, it's just brutal. It's 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 so guitar heavy. It's almost like Corey <clears throat> Smoot's Goodbye. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. Um, on, you know, maybe he felt it. Maybe he knew. So he's just like, I'm gonna fucking balls to the walls on this album. And, I'm never uh, gonna have to play this shit live. So who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think a little part of you, like, if you were like a recording artist and you're like. I've got to play this shit live for 50 cities. I'm not going to make it that hard. I want it to yeah. sound cool, but I don't want to be that hard. Yeah, I mean, that was always the big uh, knock on uh, Dragon Force because they couldn't play through the Fire and Flames live. It's too difficult. They did it on computers. They they <laughs> they, they claimed that they didn't speed it up, but they definitely did. Yeah. So Well, I, I always like watching uh, Tom DeLong play the intro to uh, What's My Age Again because he has to like get real low, and he's like, God damn it, why don't I write a song like this? And he, <laughs> yeah it's it's you know it sounds cool but you're probably not going to play it live so yeah uh there's a reason album tracks exist it's so you can do cool shit in the studio yeah um but yeah no it's uh it's just i don't know it's just great um i love the the chorus where it's uh what do they fucking do where they do the hell hell genocide genocide it's fucking awesome and then again rocky at the back the back end of the chorus going hail genocide <laughs> it's just it's just such a cool little goofy moment from rocky yeah i love it uh <laughs> he does always just like he is the ringleader of the fuckery that's going on yeah he's just a goofball man it's just it's so funny and any like i was talking about those operatic vocals whenever he just drops them in out of nowhere it's just it's that little bit of levity that you need but it also sounds fucking awesome yeah like hail genocide <laughs> it's just it's so funny to me uh <laughs> yeah I'd, i love how fast the guitars on are on this track and the hey hey's man you know what they know what to do to keep me around that's for sure um and I think they were like, what if we just chugged a little faster than we did last album? Like, <laughs> yeah. if last album was our magnum opus, what if we just did it faster? Uh, and that's just catchy shit to me, man. I, I love yeah. him, like, writing the guitars with his vocals. That is, mm-hmm. that's beauty. That's beauty, man. That's not, that's not something you do on fucking album one. That's one. That's something you learn with playing with, the same guys for 20 something years and what are we on 22 years of gore and to have that just felt like it felt good to hear that 
Yeah, they're just getting better. It's weird, dude. It's like normally bands fall off at this point. Nope. Yeah, dude, like there's they're still releasing albums, but it's like yeah, they're okay. It's like no, these are still fucking awesome albums. Yes, and borderline better than the shit from the nineties. And I think it is. I think all of it is. I yeah. think every single album in the two thousands is better than anything in the nineties, just sonically. There, there's charm from the nineties albums, but there's yes. this. This has like, I don't know. But I think the mentality was don't take the pedal off the metal for one second. It's the gore way, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I really wanted to do the opening song. I think it's what High Zombie or something like that, because mm-hmm. that that fucking it's the album opener and it fucking just kicks you in the teeth right to, from the start. It's it's so fucking good, man. Uh, it's I don't know. I had a tough choice between these two, and I think when I listened to the chorus of this, I was like, okay, yeah, Dill's gonna love this song. I I'll do. just go with this one. I do. Yeah. Gore kind of adopt, kind of has the same mantra that I've adopted over my life, and it's just like anything worth doing is worth overdoing, and they just they <laughs> yeah. live by that. <laughs> so to discuss our last album, Battle Maximus, uh, from 2013, uh, it's the 13th studio album from Gore. The album was released on September 17th, 2013 through Metal Blade Records. The album was the first to feature new guitarist Brent Perguson of Cannabis Corpse, portraying the new character Postulus Maximus, um, and the first album to feature bassist Jameson Land, portraying longtime character Beefcake the Mighty, and the last to feature vocalist Dave Brocky, who portrayed Odorous Arungus due to Brocky's death from a heroin overdose on March 23rd, 2014. Uh, I got a little quote I wanted to read you, um, if you're ready for it. Yeah, go for it. Rather than attempt to emulate the unmatchable sound of Flattus, who had led the band from the depths of clown rock to the elite tier of top-notch metal acts with a series of bone-crushing recordings starting with 2000's Violence Has Arrived, Odorous and company struck out in a new, bold direction. Enlisting the aid of Postulus Maximus, cousin of Flattus, who rested the uh, right to join forces with Gore after waging the, the epic Battle Maximus. Gore has created one of their most awe-inspiring albums to date, one that is sure to join the ranks of Scumdogs of the Universe and Lust in Space as the ultimate expressions of Gore's contempt for modern society and the hypocrisy and horror of a world gone mad. Get ready, human scum. Gore is coming all over your face. Goddamn right they are. <laughs> As a new fan, that like still made me emotional reading that. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, man. It just there's a reason I wanted to do this. It's because like we've talked about it ad nauseum over the past few weeks, and it's just they're a per they're the perfect band for someone like me who loves just having a band that feels like mine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it like to all the bohabs out there, like Guar is theirs, like. Nobody else is going to come in and, like, I mean, unless it's somebody like me forcing it on you, basically, you're not going to become a fan of Guar just by randomly discovering them because chances are you're going to get a song like fucking Baby Raper or something like that on random. And it's just like, what the fuck am I listening? Or Fish Fuck or something like that. And it's like, it's not accessible. But to the people that take the time and put in the effort to, like, dive into their lore and, uh, really understand what they're trying to say and what they're trying to do. It, they're, they're just one of the coolest bands, maybe the coolest band of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it feels that's why I've always enjoyed doing this podcast and why we started it in the first place was if I gave you a TV show and said, please watch nine seasons so we can talk about it. That's, <laughs> yeah. It's impossible. And I wouldn't yeah. do it and you wouldn't do it. But if we yeah. broke it down and found a way to make it where I can dive into all of Gore's discography in one month, that's going to make it all worth it. And I feel like watching that documentary and then going through all the albums one by one and kind of breaking them up into eras, it's just made it feel like I've been around the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I think you mentioned it what yesterday or the day before. Like We accidentally broke this band up perfectly into eras. It really does feel that way. Like, yeah. and it was purely on accident. Just like, how are we going to break this up? <laughs> you know, it's like, there's Make five it, albums like, here, four albums here, five albums here, and then the post odorous era. So, 
just made it ended up working out perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck it. Let's just get into Battle Maximus, eh? Let, let's do it. Uh, let's take it easy with an instrumental. Just kidding. It's it's uh, the Battle of the Maximus clan to replace Flatus, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, after Corey Smoot's death, the band decided that if a band member dies while active, so does his character. Um, and this track features a ton of guest guitarists, which I think is fucking awesome. Uh, so uh, I'll just tr- paste the explanation from Genius of what happens in this song. So uh, the album's title track, Battle Maximus, is an instrumental thrash song about several members of the Maximus clan engaging in a guitar duel as a tribute to former Guar lead Flatus Maximus, uh, specifically Corey Smoot, uh, with the winner being named his successor. The Battle Maximus was the winner of the Battle Maximus was Postulus Maximus Brent Ferguson. Um, the track features numerous guest guitarists as different members of the Maximus clan. Uh, the penultimate uh, Flatus Zach Blair appears as Splatus Maximus. Former Beefcake the Mighty Todd Evans appears as <laughs> Skuka Mas- Maximus. Um, Evile or uh, I think that's how you say that lead guitarist. Old Drake appears on, as Twatus Maximus. Lamb of God lead guitarist Mark Dwayne Morton appears as Tyrone Der Tufel. And Blair, uh, Blair and Evans also contributed to their other songs, uh, to other songs on the album. Uh, and just what a fucking great tribute to a guitarist that really, if the early 90s stuff is their golden age, this is this age is their renaissance. Like this is the Renaissance. This is the golden age of science, essentially for yeah. uh, Guar. And it's just what I a, totally what a, agree. It's such a cool tribute to Smoot, and it's it's really honestly the coolest way to send out a a band member. I, I mean, what other band other than Guar could like because they already have it built into their lore. It's like, well, he's from the Maximus Clan. So let's just get a bunch of our friends that are really fucking awesome guitarists to come and have a battle to replace him in the band to be part of the scum dogs. And it's fucking, I don't know. It's just a really cool way to send a member off. And it's really only second to Odorous's Viking funeral that they had at the barbecue after his death. So I mean, they, they just, they do, they do death, right. in Guar. Yeah. They even do death, right. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. It, it reminds me of, um, one of the guitarists from a band I really liked, um, he passed as well. And instead of like, I, I, they're making a documentary about it as we speak, but they made like a an EP and like all the friends of the band made like covers of his songs and they made like a seven song album and sold merch and like all of it went to like, I think he died of a heroin overdose as well. So they it like went to a foundation and stuff. And it was really cool to like, when you do it that way, and instead of like dwelling on the sadness and trying to turn that into something nice and beautiful, you get something like this or you get something like that EP. And I love that. Um, as for this song, if ever you wanted to hear a song instead of Master of Puppets for Eddie Munson to be playing, I think it would be this one. It's so <laughs> yeah. fucking good. And yeah. I think the fact that it doesn't have vocals kind of makes it seem like a battle. Like if Eddie was yeah. playing this in the upside down, it felt like, I don't know. It felt like a battle when you were listening to it and no words, just shredding just felt like kind of perfect. And knowing the yeah. significance of this song, I read your notes on this one and it kind of just added some weight that I think you kind of need to know before you listen to it. Yeah, it's them saying goodbye to uh, a friend, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful tribute, and to have so many iconic people on it, just like, I don't know. That's, I hope when we pass, we get something, even the smallest portion of that. Yeah, that'd be dope. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about my last track, uh, "Triumph and Pig Children." Uh, and this this feels like after we've had a lot of thrash and we've had you know Battle Maximus, this feels like a leveled out gore. And after all the speed and all the emotion, it kind of felt nice to finish this playlist with a track that wasn't as fast but had Brocky vocals on it because it's the last time we get it, um, at least that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I really like the bass being forward on the track, and um, 
I don't know. Maybe I was overthinking the the lyric, but um, the last lyric on the playlist that we're gonna have with Brocky is, uh, "You need the most, but you take the least because working you to death is the nature of the beast." And I think that's haunting, knowing everything that happened with Corey Smoot, and that's gonna happen with Brocky. And I don't know. It really struck me, and I was like, "Damn!" Now I'm bummed. I didn't even know the guy, yeah. but I'm bummed. Yeah, yeah. It sucks, man. It sucks to have two huge deaths in a band like right after each other. Um, it sucks to have two albums right in a row where it's somebody's last performance because of death. So, um, but yeah, man, it's it's a shame Brocky died a year later because I really think he sounds great on this track and this album. Um, and then, yeah, there's a bit of a triumphant tone to this this song, right? It's it's um, this whole album is a co- another concept album about uh, one of the villains called named Mister Perfect. He basically encapsulated the Earth in like a giant metal ball, so like no sunlight could get through. And then eventually, humans mutated into pig to pig children, what they call them, and then they all kind of revolt against against Mister Perfect and tear down the the metal shield and um it's cool man because it's guar working with humans finally like the mutated albeit mutated but they're working with humans to kind of destroy this mr perfect persona which i'm sure there's some more there's some more uh symbolism with mr perfect i don't know a whole lot about this era of guar as i mentioned last week i kind of stopped listening to them before violence has arrived because my brother who was the main person who showed me guar um you know moved away and uh i just moved on to other things and uh so this he, was awesome did he listen during these did he continue to listen or did he fall off uh, no i'm sure he has a he has i think at least one or two war tattoos he's definitely okay. continued to listen so um but yeah man it's 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 just really fucking cool i just i don't know i just I like the whole concept of the album. I like that. It kind of wraps up with battle Maximus where they're like, okay, we won. Now let's, let's replace smooth. Let's replace Flatus um, with postulus here. And it's just, I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's, we're moving into next week. Um, the two albums they've released since one in 2017 and then one this year uh, with Belothar, uh, the original, beefcake coming back to do vocals um and it's very different and it's it sucks i I was very hesitant to listen to them at first i didn't listen to um blood of the gods for a couple years because i just like brocky was the only member that was there from the beginning um dirks has been there for a long time um the guy who'd play uh does jismac has been there for a long time but they they've never been there from the beginning and so I just didn't know how Guar would exist without Brocky. And um, I don't know. It's It sucks not hearing his voice. And especially, I, I like I've mentioned it before, like I didn't see Guar live when Brocky was alive. And I, it's one of my biggest regrets in life, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's still, they're still awesome. They're, they're great. I've got over my, like, Guar, it's good not Guar without Brocky. I mean, it still is, but. I mean, he was the lifeblood, and so losing someone like that, who's such a creative, probably very frustrating, but very creative and very funny person to, like, drive this concept for so long, um, it sucks. And, I, you know, I think my, my older brother Jason was at the barbecue where they sent him, pushed him down the river and they shot a flaming arrow onto his raft, and they oh. gave him, like, a true Viking funeral. That's um, awesome. Yeah, they put his they put his costume on there, and they they did a funeral pyre out in the middle of the the lake there. And yeah, man, it just sucks. Like it sucks that Brocky's gone, but we still have Guar. Like I talked about last week, Guar can be a band that lasts for a thousand years, and I hope they do. Yeah, and I I hate I hate this analogy, but it's the only one I can think of. It reminds me of like The Office when Steve Carell leaves. Um, yeah, it allows other characters and other people to shine when Brocky was the main focus for so long when he when he's gone i think it allows a lot of other people to really shine and i think blothar is going to i'm excited cuz i haven't listened to a lot of the the new stuff besides like songs of the show and stuff but uh i'm kind of excited to hear a different different era and a different led gore yeah i think it's i think it's way more in your lane too it's just it's a lot of like hard rock it's not as like 
I don't know. It's not as heavy as this shit was, as awesome as this was. I really do like the new stop, and it's a cool new direction. Like, um, fuck this, fuck this place is one of my favorite Guar songs, um, and it doesn't feature Brocky. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you know? Uh, so, I, I can't wait to talk about it next week. It's only two albums, so it might be a little bit of a shorter album or episode, but um, it's definitely still worth talking about. We might do like two two songs from each album or something like that. So we have four songs to talk about. I don't know. Yeah, and. We might do like a, a ranking, like a personal ranking of the albums since yeah, we, we got the cool. time. So, um, yeah, let's get into songs of the show and then we'll wrap up. Uh, Kev, let's talk about your song of the show. Yeah. So initially I had a, a Lorna Shore song on here because I'm they're like the new big thing in metal right now. They, they started in 2020. Um, and it's oh, it's good. But after a week of very very heavy metal i was like this is even heavier metal and it's i I wrote in the discord before i deleted all my comments because i chose my song they're basically if demo Borgir started in 2020 it's it's what they they sound like a younger demo uh which i'm a fan of it's just it's a lot it was a lot it was very very dense um i and i'll give lorna shore like their their proper due but instead i just went on to my uh like the new songs i didn't even go to my release of radar just like the new 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 Friday whatever it's called on Spotify and this one came up and it was still by Kenny Beats and it's just a really cool kind of lo-fi-ish uh kind of funkish beat and it's he raps for like 30 seconds on it but it's just I don't know I just really needed some happiness in my life yeah. after after the grunge I've been in all week and uh really two weeks because we 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 took a week off while I was uh traveling but um yeah, it's just a really cool, fun, end of summer kind of sit by a campfire and chill kind of kind of ditty. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna do a campfire playlist. So you 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 blew your load too fast, man. That's all right. I got plenty of campfire songs, but <laughs> yeah, I loved your pick. Uh, we kind of went for the same vibe. Um, yeah, and I think we both just had like exhausting weeks, so it was nice to like exhausting weeks and exhausting music to listen to. Um, so I picked uh, "Give Me Love" by the Elevators. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I picked them for one of my top songs of 2021, and they just have like this really cool sound. They they're in the genre of like the the like the like beach music, but I th- feel like they have such a control over their guitar, and like it it isn't like too focused on being beachy more than it is like just being vibe smiths. Like, yeah, I listen to this song and like the little kick beat to it, like it sends me straight into happiness. And uh-huh. um, it's nice to have a song around like that, especially this time of year. It's 70 degrees out when we're recording today. And it just like I was outside with my dogs and I was like, this is it, man. This is this yep. is this is the shit right here. Yeah, man. It's uh, yeah, it was vibey for sure. And, you know, I'm not a, I mean, I like beach music, but I'm not a huge fan of it either. But I really dug this track. So, uh, good on you. I like when songs sound like you're sitting around a campfire and someone's like yeah. smacking, smacking a cooler and someone's playing the guitar and like, that's all you need. That's, that's all yeah. I need for like good beach or campfire music. Yep. hundred percent. Let's get into Sammy's pick. Let's. She picked uh righteous smoke by monster truck, a band I'd never heard of before. Uh, so thanks again for Sammy We're introducing this to a bunch of new bands. Uh, so again, it just kind of drives the point home that you'll never listen to every band ever. So yeah. <laughs> somebody's true. always, somebody's always going to be a fan of a band you've never heard of. And I, I love that about music. So uh, yeah, this is a, it's a cool fucking track, man. It's kind of like a, a cool rocker, uh, it, it heavy, heavy bass tone to open. And if anybody knows us, you know, bass is the way to our hearts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just really high energy, gang vocal chorus. Like it's just it's everything you and I love. Yeah. It yeah, it Monster Truck is appropriately named because I would love to hear this at a Monster Truck rally. And I've never <laughs> yeah. even been to one. Yeah, I don't I haven't either, actually. What the fuck? We we live in the Midwest. How have we not been to a monster truck? That ain't right, man. We're going. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Cancel your plans. We're going to Monster Truck Rally. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was a great pick, and uh, we always appreciate people uh, submitting songs to the show. 
um, which if you want to do so, join our Discord. We have the link in our show notes of this episode, of our previous episodes, and we have a lot of fun in there. Uh, you get to witness mom and dad fight the other day with me and Kevin. Um, yep. We'll let you decide who's mom and who's dad. And um, <laughs> we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Uh, we've we've got a lot of guest interaction coming up because of our 100th episode. So if you want to join the Discord, come on in. Um, participate as little or as much as you want to. We have an Instagram, at OffTheBeatenClef. And our Twitter is at OffClef. And we love emails. OffTheBeatenClef at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to be doing some things with our 100th episode, like I mentioned. And a lot of that stuff's going through our Gmail. So if you want you've, if you want in on the super secret thing we're doing for our 100th episode, send us an email. Yes, please. So, like we mentioned, uh, next week we're kind of just doing uh, the last two albums from uh, Gore. And we're going to be kind of just wrapping up uh, Scumdog September. So, um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Yep. And... Uh, Ta-ta. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye.